Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S., that's with an E-Y, and I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Friday, August 3rd, 2018. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 90, fourth paragraph, the bottom of that page there, if he does not want, and then we read through two paragraphs ending with, in a way of a solution. Today, our readers are for the 12 steps, Esther F., 12 Traditions, Tenzin P., readers of the text, PBR, Katie G., and Barbara E. The reference numbers for Thursday, yesterday, August 2nd, 2018, for our 7 a.m. Eastern Time are 11736, 11736. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11738. 11738. OA Preamble of Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, end quote. Each, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now I will ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Esther. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass. Thank you so much, Esther F. And next, I will have Tenzin P. read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning, and good morning, everyone. Tenzin P., checking in from near New York City. 
spirits are 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group has, should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tenzin P, for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book. We're on page 90, the bottom there on the fourth paragraph. We're starting with uh, if he does not want. We're going to read through two paragraphs ending with in the way of a solution. And Miss Hoodie R is going to begin reading. Good morning, Hoodie. Good morning to you, Kelly. This is Hoodie R, a compulsive overeater and being heard. Yes, you are. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm a Hoodie R, a recovered compulsive overeater. If he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. 
Neither should the family hysterically plead with him to do anything, nor should they tell him about you. They should wait for the end of his next three You might place this book where he can see it in the interval. No specific rule. The family must decide these things. Not to be over-anxious, for that might spoil matters. Usually, the family should try not try to tell your story. When possible, avoid meeting a man through his family. Approach through a doctor or an institution is a better bet. If your man needs hospitalization, have it, but not forcibly unless he is violent. Let the doctor, if you will, tell him he has something in the way of a solution. And, um, you know, these two paragraphs... Um, really speaks to me, you know, here we are and working with others, and this is ha- after having a person, um, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And, um, and a newcomer, or even other people in my life, um, not to take some things, not try to, um, you know, take them over and do the work for them, but, um, you know, it says, if he does not want to see you, don't force yourself upon him. He's not going to be open to hear you. He has to he has to want to see you. He wants to get well. And if the family gets involved, and, if, and, and, and you have to be clear with the family that you can't, they, they can't, they can't be over anxious and say, you know, you got to do this, you got to get well, I can't, you know, we can't live like this anymore. The family has to stay on the side while you work one-on-one with him. And, you know, yes, you could share with him your experience, as we shared previously, as we heard a couple, you know, for the past couple of days. Share what it was like. What it was like, what happened. What it was like. And then and then things things will come on. Then he'll begin to identify in. And the family gets involved. They, they add a lot of pressure to the who, and it just leaves them to going back into the food, picking up picking up their drug of choice and just um delving into it. It 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 doesn't help at all. Um it's the best to just keep it between the two of you. Like we learn in you know, in the anonymity part of this program that, you know, we focus you know, we, we we don't share what we find out about it with the family. We don't um share their experience we we don't they should, the family should not really get involved at all. They should just continue to pray for the sick man. And, um, you know, um, and that's why it's through a medical doctor that will tell him, you know, yes, there is a solution, and there is someone that could help you, and let them guide you, guide you to that sick man so that you could help him and share your experience, strength, and hope. And so, therefore, you're not alone. Um, he knows that he's not alone, and he could be honest and open with you no. because you know something that he doesn't that he doesn't have. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Hedy R. Okay, so who would like to read on the pair two paragraphs that were just shared? I mean, who would like to share on the paragraphs that were read? How's that? Katie from Boston. Got you, Katie. Leslie W. Leslie W. Nancy P. Nancy P. David B. David B. Barbara E. Barbara E. 
Craig F. Craig F. You guys are making my job easy today. Well, how about we just stop there? Because that's like six of us there. Okay, so let's remute. Press star one so we can have a nice quiet meeting. Here's our lineup. Katie G, Leslie W, Nancy P, David B, Barbara E, and Craig F. First up, Katie G, followed by Leslie W. Good morning, Miss Katie. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, and I'm still learning so much from all of you and from this literature. And, you know, my family hysterically pled with me for years. You know, Katie, what are you doing? Um, what's going on? Please change. There's a lot of background noise. I hear if you guys are unmuted. Um, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Anyway, so yeah, my family never, they're frothy emotional appeal. They're, you know, please, Katie, you're such a good girl. Um, you know, please change. I need you to do this. That never changed me. It just made me mad. I was like, back off, get out of my power. Like I was too sick to know, to see the truth of my illness. Um, and it's pretty important, this use of force. I looked it up. It means a violence and compulsion. And, you know, I when I started off and, you know, after I'd done the steps for the first time out of the book, um, I was very, very dramatic, believe it or not. <laughs> but I was I really wanted everyone to have this solution. And I feel like the longer I stay, the, the more 24 hours that God blesses me with, the more I just realize, hey, you know what, like, this is this is what I do, right? Like, I don't fight my own disease, not going to fight yours. And God has um, blessed me with a level of more calmness, believe it or not, that I don't want to force myself against anybody. Because when people force their opinions and their attitudes and their actions on me, I'm, I'm totally turned off and I don't, I don't want it. Um, and the women in whom the problem has been solved <clears throat> who who I go to, they say, well, you know what, Katie, I, I'm not sure, but this is this is what I do. This is what I do. And and when it's true, it lands inside of me in a place very, way deep down where God is and I know it's the truth. And I the thing is, you know, I've ransacked people into this program and the problem is they don't have the grit to do it on day two or day 42 because in order to do this you know as one of our fellows says you have to have a bit of grit to get up in the morning and do all of the things that i do every day that god gives me the privilege to do to stay entirely absent get on my knees in the morning and at night you know talk to others come to this meeting be honest open and willing work the steps work with others this is a 24-hour program this is not for the faint-hearted and so if i'm forcing someone if i drag them you know they're not going to do it it's like with kids um, you know, when they're little, you kind of do parallel play. You know, you don't you don't say, okay, this, these are the rules. This is how you do it. You just you play along with them and you and and promote their growth in that way. So I'm really grateful for all of you on Vision for You who who play along with me, who model no forcing, but just that program of attraction. And you know, I'll just close with this: there are a lot of people in this program, I believe, that are heart eaters or moderate eaters. Who am I to say that I have your answer? But I'm just so grateful that I have my answer today and that I can keep showing up, learning and growing, God willing. And with that, I do pass. Thank you for your share, Katie G. Next up, Leslie W. followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for uh, your service this morning. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And yeah, you know what? When I read this, um, 
I, I immediately thought of, um, <laughs> like we need another analogy, but I immediately thought of fishing. Because when you cast that line into the water, you don't know when that you know, you just cast that line and and the fish is going to move around and get, you know, maybe he might drive by your bait and then he might go along and go another direction. But the thing is, we have to, it is such a precarious thing. It is, it is a, it is, it is a waiting, let's wait it out. You know, the family has to just wait it out and see what the addict is going to do. The addict, like the fish, unpredictable. I mean, who knows if they're going to bite? Who knows what's going on in their heads? You know, so I feel like for me, you know, when when I'm dealing with someone else who, who I know may be afflicted with this disease, I have to be very careful in how I talk to them um, because I just have the tendency to, to you know, just, kind of ram my thoughts and ram my program into their throats sometimes. And I have to remember that not ever, most people don't want to do what I do. They really don't, um, even even if they are afflicted with this, this disease. And so, and that's all right. Um, and so I, I do find that it's interesting how precarious of a situation this is, not only for the person carrying the message, but also for the family surrounding the addict. You know, look at all that we look at all that we put that our, our families through, because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do, and we are such sensitive. I, as an addict, there we go, am such a sensitive creature, and have been all my life. And so I'm just grateful now that I have this program to teach me how to be less sensitive, not wear my emotions on my sleeve, as my mother used to say, um, and uh, to be able to live in harmony with, with those around me. Um, that is the real gift of this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leslie W. Next up, Nancy P. followed by David B. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thanks for letting me share. Nancy P. from Boston. Um, so I was really lucky, um, lucky and unlucky. I had ample time to come into this program, um, and I, um, I, I sort of drifted in and out. I mean, I've been in for a really long time. And um, my mother was actually in the program and never, you know, I mean, she came through the, the kitchen like a tornado, like anything, all sugar and flour disappeared. And, you know, we started eating, you know, lean proteins and fresh vegetables and, you know, all that, that all, all that when she came in changed. And she, but she never said, you have to, and um, never. And, um, you know, I, um, by osmosis or by default, I guess, I sort of fell into the program and then, of course, didn't get spiritually well, so fell out and back in and out or, or you know, in it and, and not practicing, I suppose, is really what I, I did. And um, I remember I went to a meeting once and a woman, so years later, maybe 10 or 15 years later, a woman um, came up to me and said, oh, you know, my daughter weighs, you know, over 200 pounds. 
And I try to tell her, what do you think I should do? What does your mother do? Because everybody knew that my mother was in. And I said, my mother says nothing, had never said anything to me. And um, if I were you, I would shut my mouth and lead by example. And I have to say that I didn't realize, you know, as a mother today of two children who are neither compulsive readers, um, you know, I didn't realize how much my mother desperately must have wanted recovery for all three of her children. Um, um, and when I, when I do talk to newcomers or in face-to-face meetings, when I do talk to newcomers and they're unsure, I don't tell them what, I only tell them what I have to offer. I don't tell them what I don't have to offer. And even today when I talk to newcomers that want me to sponsor them or I don't make, I don't change what I can offer. I can, this is when I can do it and this is how I do it and I'm not going to do it any other way. And um, I mean, I don't, I say that gently, but you know, it just won't work for me. And um, you know, I don't, you know, people say, one woman said, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. And my response is always, Oh, that's fine. And how's that been working for you? And, and I'm truly curious because sometimes they actually think that it works. So I don't, you know, when I think about how, as someone else shared how much work it is, it is a lot of work. I don't sell it as a lot of work. I would never say, oh, my God, I spend most of my free time on, you know, shoring up my recovery. I, I would never say that. I just say that, you know, I've never been happier. And I had said it before the other day, joy is a powerful attractant. So um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy P., for your share. And next up is David B., followed by Barbara E. Good morning, David. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is David B. I'm in Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, I am not abstinent. I am new to the program. Uh, my family has been uh, is supportive of what I'm trying to do, but they don't know how to help me, uh, and I don't know how to tell them how to help me. Um, there aren't any men in the program here. Uh, the meetings that I'm going to uh, within a 50-mile radius, I'm driving to meetings because there's nothing here in Williamsburg. I'm trying to find a man or a group of men, uh, someone to be a sponsor. I know that I need one of those. Um, I need to build, I guess, an OA family to help um, and don't know how to do that. So I appreciate uh, being able to join this call and to listen. I'll take the recovery any way I can get it. Um, if there's any way anyone can help me to connect with some men in the program, I would really appreciate it. I don't know if this is the right way to do it, but I need help and I'm asking for it. Uh, thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, David, for uh, your share and welcome. If you stay on till the end of the, the second hour, we um, give out uh, numbers and take numbers and sponsors and you'll be open to do all that. So but glad you're here. Um, next up is Barbara E followed by Craig F. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service on this rainy August morning. Well, taking a step back for me, I ask a prospect, do you believe or even understand what a true compulsive overeater is? Simply, what is a substance that you go to if you're feeling tired or irritable or scared or overwhelmed or bored? Now ask yourself, once you give in to the desire to indulge, can you stop yourself from overeating, from eating more than you should, 
Can you even stop from starting? Perhaps let them look at the 15 questions in the OA pamphlet that helps them to see if they are real compulsive overeaters. Not everyone is, but if they think they are, tell them that there is a program of action. There is a way out, but it involves work. This is a program of action. No one can do it for them. A sponsor can only be their guide. Now about the family. I never wanted my family involved in what I was doing until I was convinced that this was indeed the program for me. I'd been in so many programs before and promised that this time it would work and made everyone do it. And I proselytized. Oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. But I had lost faith in myself. And I didn't want them now to know I was trying yet another program, Overeaters Anonymous. And it was radically different. I would have been angry, repressed, resentful if my family had been involved. Eventually, I did tell my family, but I would never have wanted my family's input or advice on whether to, on whether or, or if I should proceed. That's just me. I can only imagine how skeptical they would have been because I too would be skeptical about this program. I'd lost faith in myself. Little did I know that that precisely that desperation which would be what would save me. So I always talk to the person alone, never with their family present. I want to learn a bit about them, things they might not feel comfortable sharing with their family present. This must be a one-on-one discussion. I've also tried the unsubtle method of leaving some of my OA literature around the house for my son to see and perhaps pick up. But he saw right through me and my motives, and he was annoyed and resentful. I have been a role model. We lived together. That hasn't worked either. He is still doing it his way, and that's fine because he's 48 And it's his path to walk, not mine. Time. Oh, thank you. I have so much more. It's a wonderful two chapters, paragraph. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And next up is Craig F. Good morning, Craig. Hi, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Good morning, everybody. Um, This... uh, um, these paragraphs are easy to follow for me when I'm dealing with a stranger. But like so many have already shared, uh, this all starts to break down when you know and love the person you're trying to bring the message to. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, especially when it's your own child and, and you love them and you care about them and you want so bad for them to find recovery and uh, I have um, uh, had to be almost physically restrained at times from uh, going and saying uh, you know just do this just get you a sponsor and do this and 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 let's recover and of course my sponsor says to me constantly there's three things I can do for uh, for him and that is recover 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 and that if i have if i'm a 
an example of the recovery. Maybe I can help, but I just need to get out of the way. And, you know, um, we get involved sometimes with um, the people in the program. We get become um, uh, f- friends uh, with with people that around us in the program, and and it's it's uh, becomes more difficult to stay out of their their crap, you know, and uh, to uh, just say, uh, you know, there's a God and I'm not it. I'm certainly not their higher power, and uh, you know, I make a pretty poor higher power, and uh, just to allow people to find their own way, you know, sometimes. We need to make those mistakes. We need to fumble when, because if we don't, we're not going to be out of ideas. And if we're not out of ideas, then we, we haven't, uh, we, we're going to hold on to those lurking notions. So it's uh, attraction, not promotion. And, uh, and, and I have to remind myself of that uh, in those situations, especially in those situations where I care about the person involved. And uh, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig. Okay, so if you're just joining us, we are in the big book, obviously. We're on page 90, at the bottom of the page there in the fourth paragraph. If he does not want, we read through two paragraphs ending with, in the way of a solution. So who else would like to share on these two paragraphs? Larry Larry K. Okay, all I heard was all I heard was Russ M, Larry K, Sarah, Elena. Sarah, Kim, Elena. Deb, Deb. Who? Deb. Deb W. Okay. Is there anybody else? There was a bunch of jumbled mess in there for a bit. Did you hear Elena? Yes. Well, I thought it was Elena, but I got Elena. What's your last initial? D is in David. Thank you, Elena. All right. Anybody else I, I didn't hear? Okay. Well, we'll just go there. Here's what I have. Russ M., Larry K., Sarah, I'll get your initial when you share, Yelena D., Kim G., and Deb W. If you guys can make sure you press star 1 so we can have a nice quiet meeting. We'll get started. And first up, Russ M., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, my fellows. Excuse the uh, the outside interference with the noise I'm running here, but uh, yeah, you know, you can't force it on people. And what's my natural inclination is to beat people over the head with, because I battled this so long, and I suffered so long with this disease, and I tried everything, and now I'm free. It throws them away, makes them. Run! It makes them run. It freaks them out. I got a cousin. Is he I got a. Excuse me. I got a brother that's like a cousin to me. Who's battled, had surgery. He's doing everything. This man's an ace. He's been there through everything for me. I want to shake him up. Say, "Cause come on." It said the answer's here. But then I'm back into control. Just like the food. Just like life. I'm trying to play God. And as uh, the Craigster alluded to, all we can do is recover, 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 and pray. You know, pray that I do the right things, and pray that I guess he comes to a point where 
be desperate. And I'll be there for him because I love him. So that's all I got. Love you guys. You have a beautiful day. And I hope your weekend is awesome. Thank you so much, Russ Ammon. Please make sure your phone is uh, press star 1 and refrain from any comments. Thank you guys so much. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Sarah. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Kelly. Um, thanks so much for your service, Kelly. The, um, you know, my, my superficial emotional appeals are not going to suffice. They're not going to be enough. I'm down in Florida. I've been down with my daughter in Florida, uh, Disney, past couple of days. We like to come down here. Do you know, would it surprise you to know there's, there's probably a, quite a few people in observation, I don't know, but that probably uh, need this program? I'll bet, and I know from listening, you know, you hear a lot of people as we're moving around, there's a lot of people that want something. They want something, boy. I'll tell you what, they may want this program. There's some that need it. My apologies for the background noise. That's mine. There's some that need it. Um, there's, there's probably very few percentage-wise that would be willing to do it if they were exposed to it. I know that from experience. And all the emotional appeals in the world are not going to suffice. You know, program is not this 12-step program of spiritual action after action after action is not something I do in my spare time. It is become something that I am. It is not something I do purely. It is something that I am. And as was mentioned by Katie, it takes grit. And grit requires a lot of things, you know. I, I, have, to, I have to practice. Part of perseverance is constant, the constant discipline of trying to do things better. And that's, I'm still practicing. I will always, I think I, if I'll t until I take my last breath, um, but God willing, I will be practicing these steps with perseverance and grit because I have to blend those moments of deliberate practice that require me to stretch outside of my, my comfort zone and apply all my effort, but it's got to be F, the right efforts that are, that are mentioned in this big, big book. It provides us very specific stuff, and I have to do it with purpose because interest without purpose is it's, it's impossible to sustain for a lifetime I'm going to be back in the food. You know, I used to come, come down here to Orlando, and, I, and I'm telling you something. I was in OA, and I told all the people that would listen that I am not going to binge, and I would pack, package my stuff and weighed and measured. And you know what? Can you imagine? I would, I would break away from the family, the marriage that I used to have. I'd break away as a heroin addict, if you will, if you like the imagery, is going to get his, and I did. And I had no intention of doing that. I had to follow these steps. So we, see, if, if someone followed me around, they would find an imperfect human being, but you would find someone, the 23 hours that I'm not in this meeting, that practices with grit and determination this alignment, this, this spiritual alignment with my higher power. That's what this is. It's not a diet. Time. Thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Next up is Sarah, followed by Yelena D. Sarah, I didn't get your initial of your last name. Hi, this is Sarah H. in Chicago. Um, yeah, I just I just spent some time with my own family um, together, and wouldn't you know that like 
there's no telling anyone what to do. It's almost like you say it, like I think of with kids, you know, I nanny and I think of with kids where you tell them what to do and that's the last thing they want to do. Um, and I know for myself when my family, because my, my disease was, and it is, of, of dishonesty and there's no telling me. And I can think of the times where my mom would tell me, you know, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's not right if I do, it's not right if I don't. And um, and so there's no me telling anyone what to do. And even people telling me, like, I have to be the one to tap, to tap out and say, I'm done. I can't do this. Like, I, that's, I, I believe that's the gift of desperation that I've heard people talk about in the line and that I pray that God is giving me now um, because if I don't really want it, if I don't really see it there, you know, and identify in, it's not going to do anything. I'm just doing what other people are telling me to do, and that is so weak. It doesn't It doesn't hold up. Um, it doesn't hold up when the going gets tough and, um, you know, I'm, I'm fresh into doing, reworking the steps, and I think that's just what I'm finding is that um, it's got to, it really does have to come from deep down somewhere, and I can't give that to anyone. I can't give it to myself, um, really. So to to tell someone else the best thing I can do, and that's it's painful, you know, because I do see in my own family um, other people who can identify, who might be able to identify into this, but it's really got to come from inside. The other person that's how it's had to come um, for me so uh, with that I pass thank you thank you so much Sarah H next up is Yelena D followed by Kim G good morning Yelena hi this is Yelena could you hear me yes hi this is Yelena recovered compulsive overeater um, I just want to zoom in on neither should the family historically please so um, the book starts out by saying in a forward to the first edition that many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we're sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. So um, this is our introduction to the family. Those are the instructions that are coming in the next chapters for people who are surrounded um, to the person with with uh, alcoholism or any other dependencies, what to do when it comes to the the sick person, and um, so what I do um, when I hear the family hysterically pleading, instead of doing that, I encourage them to go to Al-Anon. And Al-Anon has a different tradition, fifth tradition. So their fifth tradition is each Al-Anon family group has but one purpose, to help families of alcoholics. So um, we do this by practicing the 12 steps of AA ourselves. So first thing they do that they they uh, recover themselves because alcoholism is a family illness by practicing the 12 steps. So the 12 steps will take them to the, to the recovered. And second thing that they do, they encourage and understand their alcoholic relatives. So again, this 
more chapters to come about what what to do and what not to do with the alcoholic. And the third thing that, that the tradition calls is they we welcome and giving comfort to families of alcoholics. So in other words, they are there are things that we that the family could be of help. And uh, again, they could go to Al-Anon. They could recover from this illness. They could uh, carry the message to other families. Now, the alcoholic themselves, they have to come in into this with willingness. Willingness is the first requirement. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. But willingness comes first. Uh, no family or friends or doctors or ministers talks about it on page 18, uh, says, strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than to the psychiatrists and, and the doctors. So no, they have to be wanting to be willing. And, uh, and Al-Anon teaches three Cs. I didn't cause it. I can't cure it. I can't control it. Only God could. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yelena D. Next up, Kim G. followed by Deb W. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. You know, I'm, I'm going to approach this from an entirely different angle. You know, you know, why are they telling us? We're, a lot of this first couple pages is about families and doctors and religious folks. Why are they doing this? And it's because you have to remember, when this book was published, there was no Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, they were, somebody mailed a book from New York to maybe Oklahoma to Kelly or to Chicago to Larry or somewhere else in the country, and they assumed they didn't have a fellowship. So they're teaching them how to go out into society and find these prospects. We are so lucky today. All I have to do is go to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting to do this. So I like to look at this from what is the approach? When I go to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting, how am I going to approach people? So we read yesterday or the day before, if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste your time. We're instructed to ask if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. And now we're being told today they should wait for the end of his next drinking bout. So this is about working with others. This is not about fellowship. This is not about the fact that, you know, we're going to support each other. But when, do you, when are you going to work with them? When are you going to present the steps and help someone with the steps? And I have to tell you, I see two extremes in my 20-something years in OA, and I see it today. One is that people try to work with people who are still eating. You know, the other, in the steps, so let's keep working the steps, and hopefully by working the steps, they're going to get abstinent. The other extreme I see is people say, no, 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 you have to be abstinent for six months before you work the steps. You have to be abstinent for a year before you work the fourth step. So I want to look at what are the directions telling us? Because I have to tell you, for me, in order to recover, I had to do a lot of stuff that was uncomfortable and went against my best thinking in order to recover. So why would I think it'd be any different when I work with others? So they're telling us here, wait till the end of his spree, wait for the end of his next drinking bout. Why? Because that's when the person is most desperate. When am I willing? When I'm coming off a run. If someone tells me to wait two weeks or wait three weeks before they're going to work with me, by that time, I've done it on my own willpower. I don't need a sponsor. You know, I talk to a lot of people in AA because we don't really have a lot of rehabs in OA, and they say that's why they go into the rehabs, because if they wait until the 28-day program is over, that person no longer needs a sponsor. They want to go in there when they're one or two days detoxing, and they're desperate for a solution. 
So I just want to point out, that's what the instructions are telling us. No, if someone doesn't want to stop eating, leave them alone. But if there's any indication that they are done and they're willing to go to any extreme to do so, when they come off that run, grab them up, get them in the step work, because that's when they're most willing to do the work that needs to be done in order to recover. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next up is Deb W. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, Kelly. Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. And when I uh, listening to the chairs and the reading uh, this morning, and um, it brings to mind uh, so many things. And I'm going to try to put it, try to put in words what my heart is. Uh, is saying and it reminds me of my little granddaughter who's 12 years old now and she is in middle school and she is on the uh the the dance team and she's a size 16 and you know she has always had a special uh love for food let's just say it like that and i say love for food a, a coping her coping mechanism um, and, you know, I've listened to the family tease her ever since she was little because she's always had this issue, and I, and, and I felt so overwhelmed because I understood. I understand what it's like to be ridiculed. I understand what it's like to be the, – the kids, the first thing they do is, is, is degrade you because of something that you don't even understand at that age. What is, you know, that, that it immediately pushes you out from being a part of. And, and what I have done with my family is I've tried to say, let her alone, you know, provide healthy food, uh, listen to her conversation. She's even talked to me because everybody knows I belong to a program and I lost a bunch of weight, but they don't understand. Really, they don't understand. They want the weight off of our little granddaughter, but they don't understand how deeply rooted this, 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 and intimate this food is for those of us who have turned to it for coping. Even at a young age, even when she's six and seven, she is obese and does not understand, and they do not understand. So, you know, I am not t coming from the point exactly of, of working with others. I'm coming from the point of how important it is to love and support uh, the loved one who is suffering. And and we don't know. We don't know. All we can do is offer. And, yes, I have talked to her because she has asked me. And yet she still continues to try to find her way because it's her way she's trying to find. And maybe she will never, she will always maybe use this. But as a, as a, a covered, recovered compulsive eater, I promise you I try to handle her with a kid glove. With love Bye. and with you're welcome and uh and affection and I stop. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deb W. Okay, we have time for a couple more shares. Um anybody want to share on these two paragraphs? Melissa C. Melissa C. 
Pete B. Cat K. Cat K. Was it cat with a C? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's just stop there. So, uh, renew, press star one, and then we will start with Melissa C., followed by Pete B. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Thank you. I'm going to start my timer. Um, yeah, so, gosh, great shares this morning. I was listening, and, um, you know, um, I've been on the receiving end of family and their love and enthusiasm and, and attempts to try to get me to do something, and sometimes it was cruel, you know, and sometimes it came um, with loving words, but either way, it was never effective. It never did anything. It, In fact... You know, any time that any family member approached me, um, I couldn't wait for them to go home or to go away so I could eat because the uncomfortability of having someone call you out on, you know, your deep, dark secret um, is horrible, you know, if you're not ready to put it down. And now, you know, as a recovered person, I've been guilty of being overly enthusiastic. I've, you know, I've, I've done it at meetings. I was told by somebody, um, you know, I had no clue that I approached her with, like, you know, over the top. She says I, I, like, tried to scoop her up, and my perception was not that at all. I thought I was being helpful. Um, you know, and the, I mean, in that case, it was a wonderful thing. We spoke for a little bit, and then um, she really was not interested in what I had to offer at the time. Um, but happily, months later, uh, we did re, you know, reconnect. And, um, and then I have, you know, friends in my life, people. My, my closest girlfriend, um, we've been friends for many years. I believe she's one of us, you know, and she's attempted to control the weight. And so she had weight loss surgery, um, you know, about the time that I started with vision. And um, her weight flew off in a few months. So she was really skinny, and I was trudging this road and, and kind of uh, jealous, like, crap, why is she losing all this weight and I'm still fat, but I think I have the solution. You know, um, the sad truth is for her that the weight is back on, and she's beside herself. Um, and I've thought so many times, oh, perfect opportunity, perfect opportunity. But whenever she seems to be coming off of a big binge, she's coming with another resolution. She's got a new solution she's going to try again and again. And quickly, you know, her husband did approach me, um, and he said something to me, you know, why don't you talk to Kathy? Can you talk to Kathy? Um, and I just smiled. I said, she, you know what, I'm here. I love her. I'm here whenever she wants to talk. But I'm not getting into it with him for sure. And, um, you know, I just have to stay in my own lane and live recovered. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Next up, Pete B. followed by Kat K. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, moderator. Are you able to hear me okay? I sure can. Uh, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I heard so much good stuff this morning. And, and you know, I, I, I always want to remember, right, like no, no matter how powerful, no matter how large, you know, how, no matter how influential Overeaters Anonymous is, if we put all our efforts and all of our might into getting just one person recovered, we still can't do it because Overeaters Anonymous, the fellowship, is human aid. 
right? This program gives me a sound approach on how to, uh, on how to bring this message to somebody who may or may not be a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, right? Like we don't, you know, it took me four decades to figure out I have this disease and that I am of the hopeless variety. Four decades. What makes me think that a few years, a few days, a few months in Overeaters Anonymous, I'm going to be able to diagnose somebody else with this condition? It's, just, it's laughable. I, I figured it out about me, so now I can diagnose you. Right? So it gives, us a good, it gives us a good sound approach, things we should do, things we shouldn't do, and that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, whether or not the person accepts it or not, if they have this condition as described in this book, it's only going to get worse it's only going to get it's it's only going to get more devastating it's only going to cause more pain and eventually they're either going to die or they're going to surrender right that's it there's you know the, the book says there's just two options if you have this condition as described in the book right so whether or not they get the message from me and, and pick up these spiritual tools is really not up to me it's up to them right like this you know there, there's there's no two ways about it if the person doesn't have it fine they have good information and they, and they can move on with it the thing i like about uh what was said earlier in the meeting is it talks about the family because i don't know another disease where the family suffers in some instances worse than the sufferer suffers right like the, 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 you know in the family afterwards it talks about the, the it talks about the characteristics of the family of the suffering alcoholic they take on the same behaviors, the lying when, it w when telling the truth would serve them better, covering up. They, they get this disease. They get the, the, the implications of the disease sometimes worse than the sufferer. So, and, and that just speaks to the devastation of this illness. It speaks, to, it speaks to just how severe this illness is. So severe that they even created another fellowship and another 12-step recovery program just to deal with it, just to get over the symptoms and the implications that are caused by the suffering by the by the sufferer so i never i never want to minimize you know i have the tendency to to treat this disease like it's the little sister of some kind of more severe condition than i have this is a devastating horrible horrible illness that gets worse never better and there's no treatment for it like this is, what we're doing is that time or general reminder yes time with that i'll pass Thank you, Pete B. And Kat K, you have two minutes. Great. I'll take up less things, Kat K, compulsive overeater. I just wanted to share that at least um, as a compulsive overeater, um, I felt like this was a family disease for me. Um, and in my recovery process, um, I actually was brought into the program by my sister and I brought my other sister um, into program. Both of them are no longer in program um, and they've both um, now went back to what they, you know, are gaining weight. So it's, it's, it goes to speak to um, the importance of daily practice and um, also that I can, I, I can't control or I can't, they know of it and, and they know I'm here, but um, I can't, I can't force anybody or I can't, it's not, a, it's, a, it's about sharing my story and the problem and hopefully attracting people. But I, I don't, I don't ultimately have say, thank you for letting me share. 
Well, thank you so much, Kat Kay. Okay, well, thanks to everyone who shared. Great meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, August 3rd, 2018, is 11740. 11740. So we will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Kelly. Katie G. recovered. <clears throat> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.